Gear up for the great outdoors with Forlo, the brand that's revolutionizing outdoor apparel. Forlo's non-compromised, 100% American-made outdoor apparel protects your body from the elements so that your mind stays focused on the hunt, on the water, or on the trail. Your adventure starts with a solid foundation, which is why Forlo's base layer is designed to provide the comfort and insulation you need to keep going when the temperatures drop. Their uniquely breathable down layer ensures that you stay warm without overheating. And since proper protection goes beyond insulation, the final layer, a waterproof shield, completes the system. From UPF sunblocking material that shields you from harmful rays to polygene technology that masks your scent, Forlow's innovative designs and cutting-edge material ensures that you can focus on the adventure, not the elements. Their commitment to innovation and American craftsmanship will carry you beyond the known and into the unknown where the journey truly begins. Get the most out of your time in the outdoors and go to forlow.com and use code DAILYWIRE for 20% off your purchase. That's forlow.com, code DAILYWIRE. We've got breaking news this morning. President Joe Biden is no longer promising, as he had been, to shut down the coronavirus. The White House has announced a major change in strategy, and it will focus now not on shutting it down, but on beating it back. Are you no longer going to shut it down? No, we got to beat it back before we shut it down. Look, it's going to take time worldwide. In order to beat COVID, we have to shut it down worldwide. We've got to beat it back. For analysis of this new strategy, we turn now to DJ Paulie D from the Jersey Shore. We're beating up the beat. That's what we say when we're doing our fist pump. First, we start off banging the ground. We're banging it as the beat builds because that beat's hitting us, so we're fighting back. It's like we beat up that beat. You got to beat it back. You got to beat it, beat it back and beat up that beat. We can only hope that the ruling class will have more success at beating it back than it has at shutting it down or stopping the spread or flattening the curve or any of the other constantly changing euphemisms that have been used to justify the continuous and indefinite reordering of our rights, society, and way of life. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment on Friday is from Reality, who says, do I place a Gucci order directly with BLM or one of their car trunk retailers in the shopping mall parking lot? Actually, either one. It doesn't matter. The only uh, retail source that has not been affected by the supply chain uh, is the uh, black market for stolen <laughs> handbags and sneakers and television sets and all, all the other things that came out of the mostly peaceful protests from 2020. That, that, so either way, and don't worry, you can get it in time for Christmas. You know, when you want to get a higher-end gift for Christmas the right way, I would strongly recommend you check out the Pearl Source. Pearls make a great Christmas gift. One of the most timeless classic Christmas gifts you can possibly buy. Something that, for instance, I bought for my wife last year. Well, at the Pearl Source, you get the highest quality pearl jewelry at up to 70% off retail prices. At the Pearl Source, you will find the largest selection of pearls available anywhere, and each jewelry piece is custom-made specifically for you. With global supply chain problems and shipping carriers expecting major delays as you get closer to Christmas, now is the time to get started shopping for the Christmas season. Do not wait. Get those presents underneath the tree. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two-day shipping on every order with zero contact delivery. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box, so it's ready to be given as a gift. 
Not sure if she will love your gift? Well, no worries. The Pearl Source comes with a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee with free return shipping, totally risk-free. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off your entire order. Do not wait until it's too late to do your Christmas shopping. Go to The Pearl Source. ThePearlSource.com slash Knowles. Enter promo code Knowles at checkout for 20% off your entire order. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices, go straight to the source. ThePearlSource.com slash Knowles. Enter promo code Knowles at checkout. Going to beat back. Got to beat it back. Got to beat it back. And only once you beat it back can you shut it down and slow the spread and stop the flattening and the, and the curving. And you know you're not fully vaccinated, right? I know that many of you are not, have not had any of the shots or, you know, the most important shot in the history of the world. But, but even, even those of you who have, even those of you who have gotten one shot, there was the one vaccine that was one shot. And then there's the, the other vaccines, the mRNA vaccines were, were two shots. And then there was a booster. So then that would be three shots. But even, even those of you who have stuck yourself with the Fauci ouchie three times, very soon may not be considered fully vaccinated. Israel right now is considering authorizing a fourth COVID booster shot to immunocompromised citizens. One of the true buzzwords of 2020, the immunocompromised will will potentially get a fourth booster shot. According to this report from Channel 12 in Israel, health officials uh, will discuss this, uh, this possibility of the fourth shot because of the new worrying Omicron variant rather, uh, from which not a single person has yet died. Uh, but they're going to now administer this fourth shot. And uh, it, it may well be the case that unless you have four, four Fauci ouchies, you are not fully vaccinated. But I'm sure they'll stop there, right? That'll be the end of it, of the vaccine that's so super duper effective that you need to stick yourself with it every two to three months. Four is the limit, right? We're not just going to be back here in three months and they're going to talk about the fifth one because of the Phi Beta Kappa variant, right? Right now we're, it's over because we'll have beat it back and shut it down and flatten the curve or whatever the next one is going to be. Some people don't want to stick themselves with the Fauci ouchie. A tremendous headline from the New York Post, really in keeping with that paper's already excellent headline writing and the story itself is terrific. Italian man wears fake arm in crazy attempt to avoid getting COVID-19 jab. An Italian man, not an Italian-American man, but an Italian man, bought a, a prosthetic arm and affixed it to himself and somehow hid his own arm and, and then went into a vaccine clinic to try to get a shot injected into the plastic so that he doesn't have to get the Fauci ouchie into his own blood but can get the green pass without which you're not allowed to do basically anything in Italy right now. Apparently, the craziest part of the story is at first it worked. So he rolled up his sleeve and it just looked like an arm. And so the nurse was about to do it. And then when she grabbed the arm, she felt there was something a little weird about it and then asked him to remove his shirt. And then she saw it was a fake, it was a fake arm. Great stuff. Classic, classic example of the Italians doing whatever they can to avoid the rules. <laughs> Gotta love it. The real story here though is about the vaccine and the virus. If the vaccine were as desirable as the ruling class insists, you, you would not see this kind of resistance, right? Because everyone would want it. You would not see people 
putting on fake arms to try to avoid the punishments associated with not getting it. And you would not see the kind of crass inducements to getting it, like Bill de Blasio stuffing his face with cheeseburgers saying, you get the shot, pigs, and then you'll get more slop. We'll get you cheeseburgers and french fries. Mom, 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 right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't see lotteries in Ohio saying, if you get the shot, you'll get a million dollars possibly. Well, I thought the shot was so great. So why do, why do you need to bribe me in order to get it? If, if the vaccine were quite as desirable as, as the ruling class says it is. But for that to be the case, the virus would have to be as dangerous as the ruling class has told us it is. And it manifestly is not. Even according to the CDC and even according to the FDA, if you contract the virus, your odds of dying from that virus are extraordinarily low. And when you take older people out of the equation, when you take people with lots of health problems out of the equation, the already low odds drop dramatically. They become extraordinarily small. And so people, a lot of people, the vast majority of people look at the virus, they say it's not that dangerous. And they look at the vaccine, they say it's not that desirable. I don't, to protect against the virus, it's not, not, doesn't pose a grave threat to me. Probably not going to do it. Even Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is the host of The Daily Show ever since Jon Stewart left. Trevor Noah is a huge lib. But Trevor Noah came out and he said, you know, we seem to be in kind of a weird rush to produce all these vaccines and make everybody take the vaccines. Maybe there are some misaligned incentives here. Hmm. So on the one hand, almost all the Omicron cases have been mild so far. But on the other hand, the guy who stands to gain millions of dollars from new vaccines says we need new vaccines. Huh. If we don't make a new vaccine, this disease could be with us Ferrari. I mean forever. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Now look, I'm not saying that the CEO of Moderna is lying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I don't think he's the most objective source on this topic. Of course not. Of course not. And it's becoming even clearer as the Omicron variant appears to be much less deadly than the other variants that we had seen before. We don't know. It's still new. But the the insistence that we must have an even newer vaccine from people who stand to gain a lot in terms of power and money if, if everyone has to get a new vaccine, it just seems like the incentives are misaligned. And that's why this issue of the growing public health rule of this country, the suspension of the ordinary constitutional order, the insistence that we all take this experimental shot is, I think it's less about left and right, though it does, you know, the right generally is a little more resistant to it. The right, the left rather generally is a little more open to it, but it's, it's less about left and right than it is about incentives and the ruling class. And even Trevor Noah over there on his show on Comedy Central, his left-wing show, even he is recognizing that. Speaking of dishonesty in public health, uh, Mary Margaret Olihan from Daily Signal went out to that big march that was going on in Washington, D.C., all the, all the big protests uh, as the oral arguments were heard in the Dobbs pro-life case. And she just went out and asked the, the people who were marching, hey, what do you think is going to happen if Roe gets overturned? Listen to the terror in these women's voices. What does our country look like if Roe v. Wade is overturned? Um, 
<laughs> I'm gonna start crying. Women will die. Women will die? Will die. We're out here today at the United States Supreme Court where justices are hearing oral arguments about one of the most pivotal abortion cases of our lifetime. We'll be asking protesters on both sides of the aisle what our country would look like without Roe v. Wade. Let's go see what they have to say. It'll look like women going to jail. A lot of women will die <laughs> or they will be forced into a life of poverty. A lot of women are telling me that women will die if Roe is overturned. I think that's happening already. It's really scary because it puts a lot of people in immediate physical danger. Um, and I just don't want to see that happen. A lot of people say women will die if Roe is overturned. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's happening already. Well, hold on. Wait, Roe hasn't been overturned yet. So you're, <laughs> so you're telling me that Roe getting overturned actually won't change. No, we, uh, hold on. Never mind. Erase that. I went a little too far. Uh, a lot of women are going to die though. Shows you the power of narrative because a lot of people believe this and it's just not true. The, the, year before Roe versus Wade was decided, 32 women died from illegal abortions, 1972. 19 women died in 1973. 24 women died from legal abortions in 1972. 25 women died from legal abortions in 1973. It actually went up for the legal abortions. Both, all four of those numbers, extraordinarily small, not 39,000, not 3,900, not 390, 39 or 24 and when you look at states where it was legal and illegal, actually, you had a greater, you, you, you had a, about the same risk from illegal and legal abortions. The reality, very different from the narrative. Just like you see in the grocery store, when the narrative says this product is made in America, very often it's not. That's why you got to check out Good Ranchers. You know that Mariah Carey song, oh, it's the, you know, of course you know it. It's, you can't go into any store for any time from September until February without hearing it. But she says, all I want for Christmas is you. All I want for Christmas is meat. I want nice, delicious red meat. And I want it from the Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers, baby. They have 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality. GoodRanchers.com has a variety of boxes to give or to try for yourself this season. You know, give, giving to uh, numero uno over here. Choose the Ranchers Classic for the perfect combo of high quality beef and tender chicken. Uh, or go with the cowboy to have the ultimate steakhouse experience with black Angus ribeyes, Wagyu burgers, and more. I, for me, look, they're all delicious. I would go for the latter. I would go all for the red meat. It is so, so good, especially their burgers. Get all your individual and corporate gifts at Good Ranchers today. Give a gift they will remember for years to come. Get your Good Ranchers box or gift card today. Tis the season for open hearts and full stomachs. So give Good Ranchers with code Knowles for 20 bucks off and free shipping. GoodRanchers.com slash Knowles or use code Knowles at checkout to take advantage of this special Christmas offer. Give a gift they'll remember. Give good ranchers. If you go around and ask liberal women, or liberal men for that matter, hey, what's going to happen if Roe v. Wade gets overturned? You're going to hear 5,000 women a year are going to die. At least maybe 10,000 women a year are going to die from back alley coat hanger abortions, just like was happening before Roe v. Wade saved all those women's lives. None of that's true. That, those numbers were completely made up. Actually, the man who made them up, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, he was one of the leaders of NARAL, the Abortion Rights League. He admitted this because he became a pro-lifer and he said, we pulled that number out of thin air. You can see the CDC data. You can see what these women were actually, the numbers at which they were dying from legal and illegal abortion. It was in the low double digits. And that was 50 years ago. Imagine how low it would be now. It's just not true. But if you, to, to give these pro-abortion people like a little bit of sympathy, 
If you really believed that overturning Roe versus Wade was going to lead to 10,000 women every year dying in back alleys, desperate women dying, bleeding out in the alleyway, you might be more reluctant to overturn it, even though it's unconstitutional, even though it's evil, even though it's resulted in a genocide of 60 million babies since Roe v. Wade. You, you, you say, I don't want 10,000 women dying a year. But good news, buddy. That didn't, that's never happened. In mod- modern history, you haven't seen that happen. And it, it wouldn't happen if Roe v. Wade were overturned. But there's a lot of ignorance going around. And when we want the peak examples of ignorance, where do we turn? We turn to those cackling hens on The View. That's where, that's, if you want ignorance, tur- tune in to The View. And if you're trying to find the height of ignorance there, where do you turn? Joy Behar. So Joy Behar, one of the hosts on The View, uh, just reacting to the potential of Roe being overturned, expressed her belief that what's really at the heart of this debate is the unwillingness of conservatives to accept the consequences of sex. If you watch America, which I like to watch America and I watch television a lot, it's a very interesting schism that goes on here. Because on the one hand, sex sells everywhere. I mean, you can't see an aspirin commercial without somebody having sex. Mm -hmm. You cannot turn on any program, especially on streaming, where people are having this. There's soft porn everywhere now. They encourage all of that. It sells everything. Sex sells. And yet when it comes to the reality of pregnancy, this particular group of people on the right in this country and these religious zealots do not understand the reality of what happens when you have sex. It's almost like they don't want to see that part. They just want to see the fun in the bed, not the second part. Siri, what is projection? Oh, it's there it is. Okay, it's right there. I get you just okay, we don't need to play it again. That's fine. What is conservatives don't understand the realities of what happens when you have sex, says Joy Behar. Does that sound right to you? It's all these conservatives saying, like, hey, yeah, screw whoever you want. Yeah, free love, man. Go on out. Nothing bad will happen. Don't get married and settle down and be monogamous and be faithful to your spouse. Just go and do whatever with whoever. And it's to- is that that's what the conservatives say? Or that's what the American left has been saying incessantly for at least 50 years. Oh, it's the latter. No, but but Michael, the the Netflix. And the movie studios and Hollywood and the media, they have all these images of casual sex. Oh, right. Hollywood, famously controlled by conservatives, right? All those movie studios and television networks and, and, and streaming platforms that are famously controlled by the American right uh, doesn't sound familiar to me. The entire thing is controlled by the left. Two things going on here. One, it's this uh, classical example of an American leftist, particularly one of a certain age, who believes that it's the conservatives who control the institutions, when in fact, American conservatives do not control a single institution. We don't even have the military anymore. None of them. Hollywood, the universities, the administrative state, the elected government, the military, all of it is controlled by the libs, right? So if the establishment is pushing out a message, it ain't coming from the right, okay? It's coming from the left. Furthermore, furthermore, the conservatives who are saying, hey, maybe don't have sex, Uh, casually. Hey, maybe you should get married. Hey, maybe marriage has a meaning. Hey, maybe. Do you think they're saying that because they don't know what happens when you have sex? 
or because they know exactly what happens when you have sex. And it, the, the projection here, the fact that Joy Behar is getting it exactly wrong, the fact that the American left doesn't want to face the consequences of sex is at the heart of abortion because the, the left first pushed casual sex and as a result of casual sex, sometimes babies are made. So then they had to push contraception everywhere. This is why you see condoms everywhere now. They're being passed out in public schools and, and all the rest of it. But sometimes condoms don't work. Sometimes birth control doesn't work. This is why they're trying to push for subsidized contraceptive pills. But sometimes they don't work. And when you, when you take these sorts of things and you encourage promiscuous sex, just at scale, you're going to have more unintended pregnancies. And so in order to protect the divine institution, the sacrilegious view, you know, that, that uh, casual sex is a divine institution, then you've got to have abortion to stop the breakthrough cases. And that's what this is really about. This is about the American left, which believes that you ought to be able to pursue your own will and your own basis desires unimpeded. And any, anything that gets in the way of that, like perhaps, or especially a little baby, has to be done away with. And you heard her there. You heard Joy Bayer. She goes, these religious fanatics who think we shouldn't kill babies. These, wow, you must be part of some esoteric, crazy, kooky cult religion if you think it's not a good idea to kill babies or that maybe we shouldn't sleep with everybody, every single person that we come in contact with. You're, you're going to see a lot more religious bigotry of this sort. There was, there was a, a cartoon in the Washington Post over the weekend. Headline, adjudicating while Catholic. There was a woman walking past two bathrooms at the Supreme Court. One bathroom said men. The other bathroom said incubators. And that was the women's room and the woman was pregnant. So men and incubators, you see these Catholics, they only view women as mothers. They think that women have this special role as mothers and the producers of life. And they think this has value and that's just so wrong. That's so odd. They don't think that women's highest calling is to do spreadsheets at the widget factory. Like men do. These awful Catholics. These patriarchal. So a lot of conservatives who saw this uh, cartoon are decrying the religious intolerance and the bigotry and the outright anti-Catholic bigotry. And that's true. Obviously, it's a very anti-Catholic cartoon and newspaper and establishment and American left. I mean, this is the kind of place where the current president has sued nuns. <laughs> okay. And the guy he worked for last time sued nuns. So Barack Obama. So that exists. But let's be fair here. We are going to have some view. We are, every single nation has religious views throughout all of history and for all the rest of history. That will necessarily be the case. To give an example, one of the views our country is founded on is that we are created by our creator. We are endowed with certain unalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is a religious view. And if you disagree with that religious view, then, then your views are going to be suppressed in America. At least traditionally, that has been the case. If you believe that human life is worth protecting, that's a religious view, and it means you can't have abortion that innocent human life is worth protecting. Obviously, you can deal with criminals. That's kind of a different conversation. But certainly, if you believe human life has some kind of worth, you can't just be killing willy-nilly innocent little babies without due process, without a trial, right? You can't be doing that. 
If you think that human life does not have intrinsic worth and that we just kind of give human life worth depending on how the rest of society feels, then perhaps abortion is acceptable. That's also a religious view. But you're going to have to pick one. And in as much as leftism and liberalism are on the rise, Catholicism specifically, Christianity broadly, is going to be suppressed. In as much as Christianity broadly, and Catholicism specifically, is on the rise, leftism is going to be suppressed. And I don't think we should kid ourselves about that. There is no neutrality. There's no neutral playing ground where radical leftist, ball-worshipping child sacrificers, (laughs) which is what abortion advocates are, where they and people who want to defend innocent human life can just kind of play in a totally, totally neutral playing field where all of the constitutional and legal and ethical and moral principles are equally fair to both of them. It's just not going to be the case. All right. And I think rather than playing to maintain the status quo, we ought to play to win. When you want to win, when you want your company to win, you got to check out ZipRecruiter. Did you know that there are over 10 million job openings, but only 7.6 million unemployed job seekers? Great situation for workers, not a great situation for employers. The issue is getting worse and worse because of a mismatch of employers and qualified talent. So employers are having to go above and beyond to entice people to want to work for them. They're offering things like pet insurance or or providing discount programs. If you can relate to any of these challenges of growing your team, then you need to try ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. ZipRecruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates with your job. Then it's not just spaghetti at the wall. It proactively presents these candidates to you. You can very easily review the recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. The technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Also, you might, you might have heard on Thursday, Joe Biden announced his winter COVID plan. Not only did Joe Biden announce that he's extending the federal mask mandate for public transportation, but Jen Psaki admitted that the administration is considering requiring uh, Americans to be fully vaccinated in order to fly domestically. This is why our lawsuit against Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for private employers is so important. We need to stop it before it grows. All right. And we need your help. Head on over to dailywire.com slash do not comply to add your name to our petition. We need to send an overwhelming message to this administration that the American people will not comply with this madness. Sign the petition, please. Dailywire.com slash do not comply. Then share our petition with all your friends and family. Let's send a message to the Biden administration that is so loud that they can't ignore us. We'll be right back with a lot more. Speaking of the media, Fredo Cuomo has just been put out on his fishing boat on that lake. All right, that scene in The Godfather Part 2, it just played out for Mr. Chris Cuomo from CNN. Not only has he been indefinitely suspended, that's what happened last week at CNN. Over the weekend, it was announced Fredo has been fired. He's gone. Say it ain't so, Fredo. Fredo sleeps with the fishes. 
they announced, they announced first at CNN that they had hired an outside law firm to review information about exactly how Chris Cuomo helped his brother to navigate his brother's political scandals. Then that they discovered allegations and rumors and they said, we're not bringing Chris back. He's gone. My thought on this is a little sympathetic to Chris Cuomo, actually probably more sympathetic than most conservatives are, but still pretty gleeful. There's an old saying about grand juries. They say a grand jury could indict a ham sandwich. Meaning, if you want to get somebody, if you want to get them and even on a legal matter, but if you want to get their reputation, if you want to destroy their career, if, if you want to get them, you can do it. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got a past. This is a fallen world. You can, and, and if you can't dig up a really good dirt, you can always trump up some dirt. You can, you can really amplify it. So you can get them. You can get people. In a way, that's what's going on here. There is no new information about Chris Cuomo. No new information really has come to light. Why was he fired? Chris Cuomo was fired ostensibly because he was supposed to be a TV journalist, but actually he was working as a political operative to help his brother. This was the shocking revelation that the outside law firm investigating discovered was that Chris Cuomo, whose father and brother were both Democrat governors of New York, Chris Cuomo might have kind of been a political operative. Oh my, stop the presses. You're kidding me. Yeah, duh. Chris Cuomo was not totally honest. Oh, you're telling me Chris Cuomo, the guy who pretended to quarantine from COVID in the Hamptons and then filmed a big special on CNN where he was coming out of quarantine and seeing his wife and kids for the first time. But then we later found out, lied about that whole thing and was actually going on bike rides in the Hamptons and was not, and was just completely lying on TV and everyone at CNN knew it. That guy might not be totally honest. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. You don't say this is such BS. CNN deserves absolutely no credit for this firing. CNN is covering their derrieres is what's going on. No new information came out. Chris Cuomo is simply no longer useful to them. Mario Cuomo, dead. Andrew Cuomo, chased out of office, run out of town on a rail. Chris Cuomo fired. What we are witnessing here is not some new journalistic scandal. We are witnessing the fall of a political house, the house of Cuomo. There are political houses in America, the Kennedys, the Bushes, the Clintons, and the Cuomos. Mario was a leading contender to, to run for president. He, they called him Hamlet on the Hudson because he couldn't decide whether or not to do it. And eventually he decided not to, but he would have been a big contender. Mario, actually, to tie it in with that abortion story, Mario is the politician who popularized this idea that you can be privately against abortion, but publicly support abortion. It was a way to let nominally Catholic politicians off the hook because their real religion was leftism. So they all supported abortion, but they had to try to reconcile this with their public performance that they were Catholic. So they'd say, well, personally, I'm opposed to the genocide of babies, but uh, publicly, it's totally fine. Let's do it. And then his, you know, his son lit up Freedom Tower pink to celebrate a law that would permit abortion up until the moment of birth. That's what we're watching. We're watching the fall of a political house. That's a wonderful thing that ought to be celebrated. But CNN deserves absolutely no credit. They're acting like cowards. They are 
at least as dishonest and corrupt as Chris Cuomo, probably much, much more so. Establishment Democrats are having a very hard time these days. Joe Biden, desperately trying to salvage his approval rating, the approval rating of his entire administration, is bragging, heading into Christmas, about how he's bringing down the price of oil and gas. This worldwide effort we're leading won't solve the problem of high gas prices overnight. But over the last month, likely due in part to the anticipation of this action, we've seen oil and gas prices out of the wells. Oil and gas prices on the wholesale market come down significantly. All right, I have two very different thoughts. So the first one, let's just deal with what he's saying first. He's saying oil and gas are coming down significantly. You remember the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee posted a graph last week bragging about how they've brought down the, the price of gas by two cents. Since Joe Biden took office, gas has gone up by more than a dollar. But they brought it down last week by two cents. So now they're saying, wow, great job, Joe, significantly. See, one cent, that wouldn't have been very significant. But two cents, that's double that. Wow. Great job, Joe. My second thought, this is completely unrelated. What was that voice? Can we pl- play that clip again? This worldwide effort we're leading. Okay, let's solve the problem pause it there. High gas prices. What? Who is that? I know I'm, I'm watching the clip. I know if you're listening to it right now, you might, you might just be saying, is that the guy who does the movie trailers? In a world where gas is only $7 a gallon, one president will make it $7.02 a gallon. But that, I'm looking, it looks like Joe Biden, but he's got this weird voice. He's insisting, it's just a cold, it's not COVID, there's nothing wrong with his health, but he doesn't, he does not sound great. He does not sound like he's doing very well. And it would appear that his physical problems are a symbol of his political problems more broadly. He just had his physical, and the doctor said the guy's having trouble walking, okay? And everyone knows it, and it's putting them in a bad position for 2024 because a lot of people doubt that Joe Biden can run again, including most members of his own party. Uh, Kamala Harris's approval rating is even lower than Joe's. Joe's at 38%, Kamala's at 27%. The The next best guy Joe can look to in his administration is Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg is also at 38%. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's much higher than all the other cabinet secretaries, but it's still extremely, extremely low. And what they're trying to do now is tell you, no, everything's great. Don't believe your lying eyes. Gas prices are going down. Everything is totally cool. Speaking of gaslighting, there was a uh, Heritage Foundation expert, Kara Frederick, who was just testifying on Capitol Hill to to explain some numbers, okay, to explain a fact of big tech and social media that we all know to be true, but that the establishment is lying about, right? And what we know to be true is that big tech is censoring conservatives. But every time we bring this up and we point to specific examples, we say, what about the Hunter Biden laptop story? Right before the 2020 election, there was a major story that would have seriously damaged Joe Biden. And it was completely true and big tech would not let anyone post it and they wouldn't even let you privately message it. That's obviously tilting the scales in favor of the Dems, hurting conservatives. They'll say, no, it's your imagination. It's not real. It, the, we're, not, we're not censoring conservatives. Well, take a listen to her analysis. Twitter and Facebook censor Republican members of Congress at a rate of 53 to 1 compared to Democrats. Twitter suspends conservatives 21 times more often than liberals. 
Facebook created two internal tools in the aftermath of Trump's 2016 victory that suppress right-wing content, media traffic, and reach on its platform. Google stifled conservative-leaning outlets like The Daily Caller, Breitbart, and The Federalist during the 2020 election season, with Breitbart's search visibility shrinking by 99% compared to the 2016 election cycle. And these practices have distinct political effects. The Media Research Center found in 2020 that one in six Biden voters claimed they would have modified their vote had they been aware of information that was actively suppressed by tech companies. 52% of Americans believe social media suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story constituted election interference. These practices erode our culture of free speech, chill open discourse, and engender self-censorship. Of course, that's the case. We all know it to be true. It's helpful sometimes to see these numbers. You know, the, the Breitbart search visibility decreasing 99% between election cycles. That can't possibly be entirely organic. Uh, so it's good to see that. But what are we going to do about it? Are we going to just, you know, try, build our own Facebook? Are we going to just change the culture, you know, just build your own institutions? Well, I, we should, okay, we can do that too. We can try to do that. But are we going to have the courage to use political power to punish our political enemies <laughs> and to punish the people who are taking an undue amount of influence in our politics? People like Facebook and Google and Twitter. Are we willing to, we the people, use our political authority to say, no, you don't get to control speech in a democratic republic? you handful of Silicon Valley leftist billionaires. You don't have the power to do that. You, you don't have the legitimate power to do that. We're going to take that power back and we're going to do that by breaking up your companies and by taking away your special legal protections and by casting you into the outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. What are, are we going to, are we willing to use legitimate political authority or not? I'll give you an example of strange standards. You, you remember there was a story of a very sad high school shooting in Oxford, Michigan. That took place uh, a couple of weeks ago. So the prosecutor there, Karen McDonald, has not just filed charges against the school shooter, obviously, but is now filing involuntary manslaughter charges against the shooter's parents. Based on the information and evidence I have received, today I am announcing charges against the shooter's parents, Jennifer and James Crumbly. The charges are as follows. James Crumbly is charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Jennifer Crumbly is also charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. I will now publish the details that led to that decision and have already previously been made public, which allows me to comment on them in a swear to that has just taken place in the district court. So why would the parents be charged with manslaughter? They, they obviously, they didn't show up to the school and start shooting people. Why? Well, because they, they failed to secure their gun. And so their deranged kid got the gun and went in and shot people and killed some people. The parents right now are being held in jail on a $1 million bond. This is exceedingly rare that parents that would, would be held, would, would be charged at all and then held in jail for having a gun that a kid was able to get access to if the kid then went and used the gun. Exceedingly rare. But the, the parents are now arrested and they're being held on $1 million bond. Obviously, the shooter should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. 
But it seems to me what we're seeing with the parents is a little bit arbitrary, and I'll give you an example why. There was another school shooting in Texas that you almost certainly have not heard about. You may have heard about it on this show, maybe in a couple of other conservative outlets, but you, you wouldn't have heard about it on CNN or Washington Post or New York Times or any of the establishment media outlets. There was a kid who showed up to school and shot a bunch of people. He injured four people, three students and one teacher. And not only were his parents not arrested and not held on a $1 million bond, but he was not held on a, on a half, you know, it was half a million dollars for one parent, half a million dollars for the other parent, and half a million dollars for the shooter in this case. Even, even this kid was not held on a half million dollar bond. He was held on a $75,000 bond and then they paid it and he was released to his home with the parents who were not arrested. Now this Texas student was, was not really made a, a cause celeb because it would seem to me it, it doesn't follow the narrative. The narrative is that deranged white kids show up and shoot up schools and so, you know, and, and this is not even just about the kids, it's about the guns and we've got to go take the guns from people and take away their second amendment rights. But this kid was black and so he didn't fit the media narrative. And so the media suppressed the story and they don't want to talk about it. And they're not even going to make it a gun case. It's not, the, this narrative is not as useful to them. Still a school shooting. Thankfully, no one died here, though a lot of people were shot, but that story is not as useful to them. So they're going to play that one down. And the, the other awful school shooting. That one, that one they're going to play up and they're not even going to make it. They're not even going to make it about the people who perpetrated the crimes. They're going to make it about the guns and your rights and pushing a narrative. And they're going to make it as sensationalist as they possibly can in order to, to do that, which is why you're seeing these extraordinary measures like locking up the parents. Speaking of locking people up, there's, there's this nation over in Europe. I don't know if you've heard of it. it. It finds itself in trouble sometimes. This would be the nation of Germany. Now, look, I love my German friends. I love our many German viewers. But the nation of Germany some, has had some problems over the years. Okay. As, as Norm MacDonald said, you know, I don't know if you, you're all the history buffs. You know, the issues of, well, obviously the 20th century before that, they, you know, invented communism and there's some issues. Well, now Germany is going to lock down only its unvaccinated citizens. Germany is now announcing that if you are not vaccinated, if you have not taken the Fauci ouchie, you basically just can't participate in culture. Quote, Culture and leisure nationwide will be open only to those who have been vaccinated or recovered from COVID. This from Angela Merkel, the outgoing chancellor, according to The Telegraph. Under the new measures, people who have not taken this experimental drug will be banned from restaurants and bars, movie theaters, gyms, non-essential shops, and Christmas markets. Both the outgoing and incoming chancellors have voiced support for mandatory vaccinations in a proposal that would have to be voted through parliament, according to CNN. Maybe Germany should sit this one out. Uh, look, I'm not, I so hate Nazi comparisons. So I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not actually doing a Nazi comparison. I'm just saying if your nation has a kind of checkered political past and forget even much further back than the Nazis, you know, maybe you err on the side of caution. And, and this is really what a lot of the debate over the vaccines and the lockdowns comes down to. 
What do we mean by caution? Everybody in the whole COVID debate thinks that he is erring on the side of caution. The libs who want to lock everyone down and put us all in a penal colony or a, or a, or a quarantine camp like they're doing in Australia, they're erring on the side of physical caution, right? Public safety caution. Conservatives who recognize that the lockdowns have not been all that great for our country and the masks, uh, you know, have been, the messaging has been a little incoherent, let's say on the masks and the vaccines, the goalposts seem to move every single day. The conservatives are erring on the side of political caution, right? What the libs are saying, like Andrew Cuomo said in New York, if my measures save even, this is not how Andrew Cuomo actually talks, but if my measures save even one life, it will have been worth it. One life. Well, okay, his measures killed thousands of senior citizens, but he thought it was just to save one life, right? If we lock everyone down, take away all their rights, take away all their freedoms, take away their whole way of life, if it saves one life, it will be worth it. And the conservatives are saying, no, if you, <laughs> if you completely destroy our political order so that some people don't catch the Wu flu, that actually won't be worth it. So what side is it? It seems to me that a place like Germany ought to err on the side of political caution just as we all should. Speaking of fascists, I don't know, Nazis and communists and political radicals of all stripes, there was a very scary insurrectionist, nation-threatening march in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. You might have seen it trending on Twitter. This was the march of the Patriot Front, so-called, a group allegedly of fascists and white supremacists, and they marched through D.C. and the media, oh, they had a field day, and they said, this is the white supremacist takeover of America, and you can't really see who any of these people are. And they're, they're wearing masks, and uh, they're marching, and they've got flags. Some of the flags are upside down to signal distress, and uh, my first reaction was that this was Fed Picnic Part 2. You know, do you remember there was the Justice for January 6th rally and the only people who showed up were feds and media? And like one right-wing dude who didn't get the memo that it was all fake. <laughs> and so, I, that was my first reaction was, look, I'm on the American right. I spend a lot of time in the American right. I, I've been in it for a long time. I'm familiar with lots of fringe groups, okay? Even the ones that are way out there, I'm at least familiar with them. I've never heard of this group. Have you the patriot front of the white supremacist national, whatever? No. So was it a Fed thing or what? Or is it real? I don't know. Maybe it's real. Even assuming for a second that this is a real group and there aren't any Feds and it's not fake and not just a media contrivance, Ask yourself this, what, what poses a bigger risk to you? A bunch of clowns marching through the streets, not harming anybody, making a big show and giving the media a circus, but not, not burning down any stores or killing people or assaulting people, just kind of marching, marching around and going home, probably back to Quantico or (laughs) Langley or something, but you know, whatever. What does that pose? the big, bigger threat to you or does say uh, BLM and Antifa with the support of the entire media and elected Democrats for six months burning down the country? Does that pose the bigger threat? What's the real threat here? Because according to the establishment, 
BLM, which killed dozens of people and torched cities around the country and stole a lot of Gucci handbags, BLM was mostly peaceful. And according to the media, those guys, whose identities we don't know conveniently, those guys marching peacefully for a few hours, they are an insurrectionist threat to destroy the country. Obviously, the narrative seems a little bit backward. Now, before we go, before, there's so much more I want to talk about. But before we go, I've got to uh, bid a fond farewell to Bob Dole. A lot of people, especially the younger viewers of this program and listeners to this program, might not even know who Bob Dole is. Bob Dole was the Republican nominee for president in 1996. He was a vice presidential nominee uh, with Jerry Ford decades before that. He was a senator for a very long time. He was a war hero in World War II. He's the first presidential candidate I ever supported. I've told the story on the show a few times. I was six years old. I don't know. Maybe my grandpa told me that Dole was great. He was a war hero and Clinton's a draft dodger. And I just really liked him. Told all my first grade classmates to get their parents to vote for it. Begged my mother who wanted to vote for Clinton to vote for Dole. She let me go into the booth and pull the lever. Is that election fraud? I don't know. You're not allowed to say there's any election fraud. So I guess it wasn't. Uh, Dole, great American. One, one aspect of his courage that does not get enough credit. Obviously, he was a huge war hero and just a great American, served his country. A little moderate on some political issues, but he, he had a deep abiding conservatism to him, really. And uh, he showed up to the RNC in 2016 and he didn't trash Trump and he didn't, he supported, he supported the party at crucial moments, at really moments that required a lot of courage and principle when a lot of squishes and libs and selfish people did not. And they wouldn't show up to the convention. They wouldn't vote. And I, I just think that's a good thing. He, Bob Dole saw the bigger picture. He was a good guy. He wasn't all, it's not like he just loved Trump and was always effusive toward Trump. Quite, quite the opposite sometimes. But he was, he saw the bigger picture. He saw what was good for the country. God, God bless Bob Dole. May his soul rest in peace. We will uh, see you guys tomorrow. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, Daily Wire editor-in-chief. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, new revelations from the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, a crime wave rocks California, and New York City is set to allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. Morning Wire. 